Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey guys welcome back to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast bringing you a recovery story today i think it's going to be really great Uh, petra is joining us and I invited Petra on because I felt like her story was a really good uh, real life example of a truthfully like non-linear path, right? You know, discovering you have challenges, you're missing your period, trying to figure out why, trying this, trying that, having success, having setbacks, all of it. I remember Petra's case because she was a HA society member and got to kind of watch it for a long time. So I know I have a vibe for her timeline and what happened, but I am excited to welcome her today to share her firsthand account of how everything went. So welcome to the show. Hi, Danny. So happy to be here. Yeah, you captured it actually perfect. <laughs> My journey was anything but linear. Um, I had a couple of setbacks, um, but I think we will get back to that. Um, when I think about like circling back when everything started, um. I think I was kind of, I don't want to say late to the game, but when you think about like when people start having like eating disordered or disordered eating um, behaviors, for most women, it starts like 
nowadays, like really, really early, like when you're around 12 years, for me, it started mm. actually when I was 17 or 18, when my parents divorced um, and when my first boyfriend broke up with me, um, I felt like everything was like out of control. And basically food and my food intake and sports was the one thing or the two things that I could control in my life. So those were the things that I was like heavily relying on for many, many years. And you know how it is, how we we rely on or how we appreciate comments from strangers or people we want to be admired from, you know? There were people who were like complimenting me on how much sports I would do, how my, how my body would change, um, how I was so strict about my diet, like saying no to sweets and cakes in school and later in the office. Um, so I don't know why it is actually up until now that, uh, that we put so much um like appreciation on on other people's comments like mm. you don't even know that person and he or she compliments you on something he or she sh actually should not compliment you on um so that's that's something i still don't quite understand until yeah, today now that you see it now that you see it from the outside you're like oh that's actually really weird yeah <laughs> and yeah, like it's, it's weird that i'm so attached to how people I don't know and people I know but people I don't know how they perceive me yeah Very totally nice. and also now I, I actually shut people up when they start commenting other people on their body um like for example my my sister um so one of my best friends um like in February this year and she hasn't seen her for many many years and she was like oh but <laughs> gained a lot of weight and I was like yeah, and and so if if she feels comfortable in it, there's no no need to to like compliment on mm. it. And my sister was like a little bit stunned, like, "Whoa, okay, I think I crossed the line here." And I was actually really proud of myself to be like, "Yes, yeah. I stood up for not only yes. her, but I made her and my sister aware of, hey, that's actually not okay, um, because it's not healthy to." force yourself to be a certain size when your body shouldn't be that certain size but i think we'll get there um along along the call along the we talk um yeah so and it took me a while until i discovered what ha actually is i think that's with most of us um we don't realize or we don't want to see how dangerous it actually is so I just uh, wrote a little timeline um, here on my notepad. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So in May 2017, I actually got my IUD out um, because it was the point of time where I started like, you know, researching a little bit, gaining some information and I didn't want to have like any hormones um, in my body anymore. Um, and then it actually took me until end of 2020 mid 2020 um until i discovered hey there are people on social media talking about missing periods not being healthy not being normal um and also like an, an influencer here in germany she was really advocating for it and then of course i stumbled across the book like no period now what um like i think everybody heard of and then I discovered your podcast and I was listening to it. I think it was around the time that you actually started the HA Society that I heard about it because I think it was like not maybe one of the first members, but maybe amongst like the first, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 people. Um, and when I read it, I was like, well, wow, okay, that's really not healthy because up, up until that point, I was like, it's actually quite convenient not having a period. Um, but I didn't really didn't realize what a huge impact our period has on, like positive impact or important impact it has on our body with all the hormones that it's actually something we need and basically we can also take to our advantage um, especially when it comes to for example training um, but also everyday life um, when you want to tackle like 
something very important or you know a big project is coming up at work um, maybe you can schedule it to you know like the perfect phase of your of your cycle um my first period then actually came pretty quickly i started um going really into recovery beginning of 2021 um and my first period actually came in march 2021 which was surprisingly fast because I heard, you know, people talking about like trying to get the period back for a couple of months, years, whatever. Um, but it quickly took a turn um, when we moved um, like almost across Germany. Um, it put a lot of emotional stress on me again uh, because then I lost my period again in July 2021. Oh, well, I had it until then, and then I lost it. Um, I I sort of blame, not not really blame, but as I said, the move put a lot of emotional pressure on me. You know, a new city, new job that I didn't really like. It was a toxic environment. Um, being far away from my family, my sister getting was getting married. Um, on in the same year, uh, so. It was not an easy time and again sports and food was something you know I could control um I didn't really dive into my emotions not really talked about it looking back it was wrong <laughs> I know now <laughs> um but I was really lucky that I found not only in in Munich when I first um discovered HA but also when we moved to Hamburg um i found a good doctor they both really took it seriously so from other horror stories that I heard the people were like sent away or said oh you have PCOS or just take the pill again this was never um, thankfully the case for me um, both actually put me right on um, HRT which I took for a couple of months um, and they both really actually made me aware of how important it would be to get my period back um especially if you want to get pregnant which was not that wish back at that point but you know eventually you want to and then it would be easier like you know to have a period for a couple of months already work on the mental stuff work on seeing your body change handling all the changes uh, because with pregnancy, also your body changes a lot, and also your emotions are a totally roller coaster. <laughs> uh, that's also when you go through recovery, basically. Mm. And in the end, like uh, we had a happy ending. Um, anyways, like three happy endings, basically, <laughs> um, because we moved then back to to Munich, where we my boy, my boyfriend, and I, where we met. Um, we moved back in at the end of 2022 um, in December and basically from the moment I knew that we would move back I was so relaxed mentally that it took me maybe one month and then I got my period back again um, and then actually I got pregnant for the first time in December 2022 and then I had an early miscarriage um, and then surprisingly got pregnant quickly again in March and now I'm like almost due in two months so that's wow okay wrapped up from from the timeline <laughs> yeah that's the timeline so congrats obviously you're almost finished being pregnant too which is so cool yeah closer to the finish line than the starting line yeah. um it's true yeah and so so obviously so so much it's like it, it's funny how like you watch a movie or you hear a story and you're like wow this I I heard this whole story of like years and years of work in a matter of minutes <laughs> or an hour <laughs> and so it never does justice to the full process and like the pain and the getting up every day and thinking about it every day at every meal, at every time you go to the bathroom, right? Like for years, you know, dragging your feet through the mud sometimes to just like, you know, make these, these small amounts of progress. So I, you would come to the community calls, which always appreciated regulars. 
um, and would always be really honest about like, I'm so I'm sort of having trouble, you know, getting past. I remember, um, you know, just going out and eating in front of others and and eating enough and like I haven't been exercising as much so I'm having a harder time eating more can you speak to some of those like big challenges that were mentally there for you that you feel like probably just got in the way um for a while and were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome yeah um I think I can sum it up to two main points that Mm got me stuck in recovery for such a long time um the first one being not feeling worthy enough of recovery so I was like hey Mm -hmm. other people are also doing a lot of sports other people are much thinner than I am I don't fit like the criteria that you would have in mind for a person who has like disordered eating or an eating disorder I don't fit that model so I don't basically have to recover I'm not sick that's always what I told myself. Um, and it took me a very, very long time to realize you don't have to be a certain body type or body size in order to have HA because everybody is so different. So I think that was one of the main points that got me stuck for such a long time. And secondly, for me, it was very hard to overcome or to disconnect from you need to work out in order to deserve a certain kind of food. That's also something I had for a very long time. So for example, when we planned out our dinner meals, um, I was always thinking about, okay, when we cook this meal, this is going to have an X amount of, of calories. Maybe for example, it's high in calories. I basically even didn't look up at the macros. Um, but it just said, okay, it is high in calories. So this is the day where I really need to go for a run or do a hard workout in order to deserve that food. Um, so I would basically always connect the food in, I need to earn that. I need to burn this food off beforehand or mm-hmm. restrict myself the next day. Um, and that was also something that made eating out harder because first of all I think many of us do it that we compare our plate to maybe the friend that we go out or the table next to us like the woman next to me is only eating a salad oh my god and I ordered pasta burger quesadilla whatever um and then also like comparing oh how much is my boyfriend actually eating I'm not allowed in quotations to eat as much as he does because, you know, think about he's a male, I'm a female, I should eat less than he does. Um, so I think that's that's something that many of us have in our head. But now I'm like, why should I eat less than him? There is a day where I eat more, there's a day where, where I eat less. And it's totally fine because my hunger cues vary from day to day. There are days where I don't feel like eating at all. And then there are days where I feel like, oh my God, I could eat like the whole fridge. (laughs) Um, And now I'm at a point where I trust my body to know what she wants, what she needs. Um, uh, But still, I mean, I, I have good base and I have, good days and I have bad days I think that's still normal um where you think like oh my god today I ate this and this I should not eat that but then I really try to not maybe even shut the voice down but to make it a little bit quieter um to be like my body deserves to recover my body deserves to be healthy um that's something that I I learned but it took me a while and yeah, those two big obstacles were, I think, the biggest ones. Mm. What do you think was the the factor or that allowed it to actually change and improve? I think there were many factors that like played into it. Um, first, I reevaluated my relationship with sports. Because 
in the past it was always every workout every run has to be exhausting it has to feel harder than the last one it has to be faster i have to sweat more i have to do x burpees more i have to do x squats more heavier weights i don't know um so i looked at my relationship with sports and i didn't cut it out completely during recovery but i dialed down a lot so i really slowed down my runs um I, I well i stopped doing um high intensity workouts i started doing more yoga just to you know get reconnected to my body to learn more about my body to learn the signals that she's sending me um i think that was at least one factor um i then actually finally started talking to my boyfriend about it and then he just bluntly said like yeah i always wondered why you do so many so much sports and i was like yeah now you know why <laughs> but for me it's always really hard opening up because in in my family when i was a kid we never really talked openly about feelings how we feel how things make us feel what we think and so on so we would actually never talk about it and I think that's something that I didn't change that I just kept um and then also somehow my priorities changed we got a dog in May 2022 um and somehow from one day to another everything changed and he was like the main priority now like you know taking care of him I think you hear him in the background and I can, yeah, take, it's funny as soon as you mentioned him he started whining <laughs> <laughs> taking care of him um going to uh dog training going out for walks so it was more like okay you are my priority now and I just put myself like a step behind and support my boyfriend in like raising and educating the dog uh, because I thought it was also unfair if I would say no every day I'd, I have to do sports and you have to go out for a walk with a dog it will be just unfair um, I think that was also a factor that played a huge role um, and just op talk openly in the HA society in those community calls with other women who had similar or maybe even totally different struggles just to resonate that hey, I'm not alone with what I'm going through. There are other people. I'm not alone. I'm not feeling left behind or feeling stupid for the the, the thoughts I had or people just listening to me and, you know, being in a community that goes through the same things or yeah, same thing, but different circumstances and just being heard. That was That was a huge helper in in that case just to know hey I'm not alone there is a community where I can openly talk to where I don't have to feel ashamed about little things you know or things that now seem little or might seem little to people who haven't gone through it but being a big deal for us like eating out yeah. people are just like yeah well I just eat out and see whatever looks yummy at the menu at the moment i get there yeah. and i'm like wait no i have to check the menu beforehand before we go there i have to check if they have anything that fits into my day that fits into my requirements or whatever and it's so crazy that, that for some people that's like no problem at all and for for me it was like a huge yeah. challenge to go to a restaurant without knowing the menu beforehand I would always restrict beforehand yeah. and be like, okay, we go out, we go out today in the evening. I just restrict myself at lunch and breakfast and don't eat any snacks because I don't know what's going to be for dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was actually genuinely scary, right? Yeah. Like to, you know, when God, if we're going for dinner, I'm out of my routine. I'm out of control. This one night's going to ruin everything. Then tomorrow I'm going to have to under eat as well. Yeah. So now it's two days in a row. That's totally, un that's making me uncomfortable. Um, and it's all in like, it's all our own doing, you know, from the influence of other 
people and things from you know growing up but it's all our own doing and when you kind of realize oh I have a choice here uh, and then you know you try the choice on and then it doesn't always feel good and it takes a while sometimes before it feels good and I think what you're you were saying about like a support and community I mean obviously I'm huge on having support and community but I've it's taken a while for me to fully be like to fully understand why it helps you know um I mean I know like not doing it alone is helpful but why is that helpful (laughs) you know why are we so able to um exercise every day or diet every day alone but to do this process we need support I've always found it interesting um and one of the things I've gleaned is a little bit of um okay and they're doing it I can do it we're doing it together and and I don't want to show up to the Saturday call um like having not sort you know like you're almost earning your place in in the support community in a way like it's not said no no one would ever kick anyone out but you know you don't want to go to this like to to speak to others and be in a community and be the only one like not following through and not changing and um like perpetuate like you're the one perpetuating the dieting right if you're the only one who hasn't made the progress and while no one would ever like get upset at anyone it's just kind of a personal thing you're like I would rather be part of the team like that because that is how humans actually operate. And that, that's my theory is that like, we've always, we've been dieting, we've been fighting hard to be smaller because that makes us accepted as a part of the team. But over here, you're accepted as a part of the team if you're trying to heal. Like that's how we accept you and that's what we celebrate. So that's like one theory, but I'm sure there's so much more to it um, as to why it it helps people. Yeah, I can totally relate to it. I mean, when other community members shared their wins or challenges they put up for themselves, for example, I was totally admiring them. And then I was like, for example, one girl talked about, yeah, I challenged myself today to like go out and eat a restaurant and not look at the menu before because we talked about it just. Then it somehow also encourages encourages you to be like, hey, if she can do it, I can do it too. And then I have something positive and and uh, a win to share in in the next community call and you feel like of course if you have like a week that didn't go so well it's it's totally fine we all have a little setbacks or um times that we just need to you know take it maybe a step back re-evaluate um and it's also totally fine that there is it's not possible that every week you have a win I, I don't I don't think it's possible um, I think there are also weeks with setbacks, but then you you get like the positive feedback from from the other women, like yeah, I've been through that too. You know what helped me was X Y Z, um, and it's like okay, good. Now I have my motivation back. I know it's gonna be better. I know it's not gonna stay at this level. Um, mm. and you're not like being judged for. Oh my God, she didn't. Uh, she she sucked this week. Now she we have to kick her out or I don't know. So, so totally not. No, no. It's, it's it's totally the opposite. Like we we encourage each other and try to make the best out of it. And I think that's also positive that so many share what helped them because what helped me might not be helpful for another person. So you have to totally figure out, but still you get an inspiration of, of what helped you. Yeah. It's like the little bits and consistently like showing up. Okay. I love that. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full 
optimization, and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Well, when it comes to what you specifically had to change um, and, and perhaps, you know, that was it. Perhaps it was just mindset around um, being prepared to eat more, but I kind of want like the little details what were the things that were the biggest needle movers and the most important things that you needed to do in order to recover and ultimately be pregnant? Yeah. Um, I think the one of the most important things was self-acceptance and self like awareness of my self-worthiness that I'm allowed to recover, that I don't have to fit you know I'm I would still call myself a runner and you when when you're in this community I think you can relate to it from CrossFit um you want to fit a certain model you know when you think about runners how they look like um you want to fit in you want to look like all of them you Mm -hmm. see like okay the fast ones in the groups they look like all the same so in order to be that fast I have to be thin too that's that's what I uh, like had in my head for a very long time and letting go of you have to look a certain way in order to earn your spot like we said before um, in this running group that was something that I had to let go of also I stopped joining this running community because it had the mindset of no pain, no gain. And I was like, that's not helping me at this point in my life, in my journey. I will just stop going there. It's it's not helpful. Um, It was hard leaving sort of a family yeah. because, you know, you have friends there. You know it from, from your story, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, say more about that because it's one of the biggest, like, um, for lack of a better term, and I mean this with, ju- with compassion, but it's one of the biggest excuses, right? People will make, well, this is my community. This is my family. And so I don't want to stop being a part of that, uh, which means like I need a different way to heal. Can you share more about that process and and how you made that decision and how, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, as I said, the decision was not easy because, you know, it, it was like a safe spot and you meet friends and it was just like the, the one place where you would meet maybe certain people, talk about um, the one common, the one thing you had in common, um, the passion you have. Um, but I was like, this is not serving me at this point. Um, it was 
also stressful because you know you you part of leave like a part of a family or your identity behind um also when it's i think it's very complicated because i would say i totally identified myself as a runner and running and doing sports was basically my only hobby and then somehow it started i feel like not really feeling ashamed but when people were like yeah i have this 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 this, and this hobby and i was like i like running (laughs) and then it was mostly like yeah well but there's so much you else you can do there's so much the world offers have you ever tried anything else like doing something um, handy like building something with your hands or whatever painting anything else (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) anything like okay well yeah the world offers so much more uh maybe just leave your comfort zone and try something else something you would never imagine yourself doing um so this also helped me to to find just uh, some other things to do um what was also difficult for me to leave the running community was when I moved to Munich, I got to know so many friends that I have now through running. So I was all also relying on it as part of my social life. Um, but as I said, it, it was just not helpful to me at this point. Um, so I just said goodbye. I was like, okay, maybe it's just temporary. Maybe it's forever. But I just have to focus on myself, put, putting myself first now for a couple of months maybe a year um because it's just like just because because you go through recovery just because you try to get your period back it doesn't mean that it has to stay this way forever you can go back to sports it's just important that you change your mindset around sports what you do um that's one thing that i also had to change um that it's not that I had to bring myself the joy back in movement, in eating, in cooking, not seeing as something I have to do in order to earn something. And also then doing some challenges like, I don't know, letting my boyfriend pick the dinner uh, at home or go to a restaurant and not looking at the menu beforehand and just eating whatever sounded good without thinking about, oh my God, it had cream in it so many calories or uh going for i don't know normal uh, white bread instead of some of a healthier in quotation um version um and it led me actually to enjoying running again and not identifying myself with a certain pace for example um it's just like i am a runner despite how fast I am, how far I go, mm-hmm. or for other people, how much weight you lift, how many repetitions you do of the exercise, you're still doing it. You're still a human being. And actually, if we are honest, nobody cares. Yeah. It's this thing that we develop at a, like in our early, like late teens, early twenties of like, I have to find an identity. Like I have to, yeah. I have to have a thing. And then like, I'm that thing. And and we get stuck in that. And then you get like, some of us get to come out of that and some of us don't, but that's, it's such a great, um, it, it feels great to be out of that. It's challenging yeah. sometimes. Like sometimes there are moments where you're like, what is my thing? Yeah. You know, but you realize like, wh- why does it have, <laughs> it doesn't have to it be It doesn't have to be one specific thing. I mean, I also admire people who have found like their real passion and totally, um love and and enjoy what they're doing and when they if when they're fine with okay you're identified as the crossfitter as the as the runner as the swimmer whatever um but i was actually getting upset with people just just identifying me as a runner because during recovery i was like hey but there is so much more that than i am i'm more than just a runner i also you know like baking i i enjoy going to the movies or just try out new and different things and being adventurous um you know like my characteristics there's so much more to it than just being a runner but 
it was also my fault because I portrayed it outside. I wanted the people to see me as a runner. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. You, we just like, we're just on a path and we're just following it. And, you know, it sounds good at the time when you uh, were talking about, you know, being able to go out and not look uh, to dinner, not look at the menu or have someone else pick it. How is that for you today? Is your relationship with that today just so different or is it still sometimes difficult? Um, I would say it's it's much, much better. Um, I have good days and I have bad days like everybody has. I think there are days where you totally feel like comfortable and self-conscious in your body. And there are days where you feel like, oh, I don't want to go out. I just feel like, well, <laughs> in the lack of better words. Um, but it's still like, you know, I have in my head, just because I eat, for example, a pizza or burger today, it first of all, it doesn't change the world. It doesn't change my body. I don't eat it like every day. I don't eat like fast food every day. So if I eat it today and if my body is craving a pizza tonight with, I don't know, double cheese, then just eat it. And if you, if you feel full, just stop. You don't have to eat like the whole pizza. You can either Which let it go Which is easy to do. Yeah. Easy to do it's when you're hungry. I actually ever thought that I had to do. Like, you know, once mm -hmm. once you have a meal in front of you, you have to finish it. And now it's like, now when I'm full, I just stop. And either keep it for the next day or just let it go back mm -hmm. to the kitchen. Or offer it to my boyfriend if he's still hungry. I don't know. But um it's it's so it's so much better. Um and also when it comes to cooking at home, um I'm much more relaxed. So as I said before, we would have like planned out the dinner, what we have each day. And now it's like, okay, um, because we have HelloFresh now three times a week. And now we decide more or less spontaneously what we want to eat today. And it's not like, I'm not like getting a little panic attack because that's not what we planned for. And we switched now and this has so much, so many more calories. And oh my God, I didn't earn it. It's right. just like, okay. I just asked my boyfriend, what do you want? He says this dish and I'm like, okay, let's do it. Mm -hmm. yeah and I think one of the benefits that comes out of this whole long journey is getting to appreciate that like still and probably forever which is kind of nice getting to enjoy a moment of just being like it's really cool that we like you're gonna you're gonna go to the zoo with your soon-to-be child at some point and they're going to want an ice cream from the stand. And you're going to be like, okay, sounds good. And you're going to get an ice cream at the zoo. And it's like, it's going to feel cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to feel likely, nice. I will get a scoop too. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. And I'm like, not like, oh my God, no, I haven't done any sports uh, today. Feeling I'll, stressed we'll about just it. Enjoy, yeah. we'll just enjoy ice cream as a family. And, um, you know, when, when we talked about being... Um, about like the like the eating disorder, the disordered eating. What I what I also stopped doing is, you know, eating sweets like in secret. That's something what I also did and hiding the package in trash. Ooh. Interesting. Hiding it from who? My boyfriend. Because I didn't yeah, want him to boyfriend. see, oh my God, after dinner she still had like a piece of chocolate or whatever. And I would feel like ashamed that I would eat a piece of chocolate after dinner and he said oh my god I'm so full and I was like for me it was okay um because as we yeah. said like every day is different one day you eat more one day you eat less um yeah. so that's something I also thought was like norm not, not really normal I knew that it was not totally normal but I thought like it's not a big deal yeah. And now it I'm was like, normal Whoa, for you, yeah. That's a big no go. Like hiding, like eating in secret, and yeah, nah, no. It either means girls, girls it either if you means ever do like, that, if you do that, it's a big no go, and you should definitely think about that. <laughs> yes, if you're no shame, hiding, no shame food. in eating chocolate or having having a yogurt or anything else, another granola bar, whatever after dinner, if you don't feel totally satisfied. It's totally okay. The next yeah. day or a couple of days later, you're like maybe not fish finishing your food. 
yeah, the second you stop putting so many rules around it, the much more manageable food is like, so we'll get people be like, I can't stop binging. Is it normal to binge? I'll be like, well, it's not normal, but it's common because you've been hungry for so long. But you know, once you stop and, and the irony if kind of is like, they'll do everything in their power to stop the binge, which only perpetuates the binge or only to hide the food that only perpetuates the food. And it's a mixture of your whole, like, I don't want him to see me eating more. Right. But also because if he sees me eating this stuff, I'm meant to be the healthy one. Right. I went to the movies the other day. I went and saw the Barbie movie and um, I don't know, like people know what my job is. And so people be like, oh, what do you do for work? Oh, you know, this is why I do for work. And um, okay. And most of the time, sorry, we had to pause for a second. So I don't know where I was mid-sentence, but I'll start again. People ask me what I do for work. I tell them, I try and be vague. And then just to make sure they don't think I'm a medical doctor, I explain, we do this through nutrition and exercise and things like this and um, supplementation, blah, blah. And so now there's a story in their head that I'm uber healthy right away. That's like the connection that they make is like, I'm, you know, uh, and so we're at the movies and I bought a popcorn and she's just like, oh, I thought you were healthy. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? I'm not healthy. Like, I was like, what's wrong with popcorn? But like, actually what is wrong with popcorn? It's just popcorn. Nothing. Um, <laughs> right. And she was like, sodium. I was like, what do you mean? It's like sodium's great. She's like, no, you want to get your sodium for milk. I was like, what are you like, what is happening? Um, but I people think I'm the healthy one. And and then we went to her house again a few days later, um, for like a kids' party, and I had pizza. And I'm sure like now in my head, I'm like, these people are totally looking at me confused. She's a fertility doctor. She, doctor, you know, she helps people with nutrition for their fertility she's eating pizza and popcorn what's going on <laughs> like just mass confusion um but i just don't care at all and, uh, because I, mean, I think that it's helpful <laughs> yeah i mean in recovery recovery you all you and ashley you 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 don't forbid like to eat pizza and 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 also fast food and chocolate and so on but of course, you know, the calories should come from like, let's say good sources. Um, but also we have to learn to balance it out, you know, like a pizza, burger, yeah. burritos or anything else once in a while is, is totally fine. And um, it's it's just about finding the right balance for you. Totally. Um, I and- think at the end of the day, like if you did go out tomorrow and you had pizza for breakfast, lunch and tea every single day, no one's that healed. I think we'd all get a little bit anxious. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it is that balance that makes it. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Finish that. Yeah, no, that's that's just what I wanted to say. Also, when people feel like, um, oh my God, is it always that I want to have, for example, chocolate or chips or so much food in general? Um, it's just like, no, your body is just craving what you didn't give her for a very long time and it's just like happy to have all the energy back um because now it, the body is like hey i get everything i ever wanted so let's just give me all of it now um and it yeah. eventually like evens out and one i think after some time you're like uh like you have enough of maybe a certain kind of food or meal or whatever food item um so just allow yourself and I think it's very important to really learn to listen to your body because I think it's a feeling that we've lost or ignored for a very long time because we forced ourselves to be a certain size or to fit a certain role model. Mm-hmm. Um, and to learn now, okay, my body is craving me, it is craving, for example, chocolate might also be, okay, I will like give in but it might also be like a signal for okay i'm maybe lacking some micronutrients yeah so yeah, and, and like also maybe think fat. about maybe think about why am i craving this specific food right now was my meal balanced did i lack maybe some some protein um 
I mean, not every meal has to be balanced 100%. Oh my God, that would be stressful. <laughs> um, but also for recovery, I think it's important to look like to give your body enough nutrients from like every macronutrient source um, that you can get. Um, but after a while, you you get the feeling of, of what your body's craving. And yeah, it's, yeah being it's curious her is, is, is key. And it's also something that I appreciate now or that I also did during recovery and which what, what is helping me right now really is that, for example, when I feel low because I had a bad night's sleep or didn't eat enough during the day, I will either do just a light workout or no workout at all. I'm not forcing myself to do anything that I don't want to do that day. Because I'm like, okay, my body had a bad night's sleep. I just slept for, I don't know, five hours. My body needs the energy right now. I'm not forcing any exercise on her while she's struggling to, like, you know, stay awake, for example, um, because the energy has to be used somewhere else. And not yeah. feeling bad about it. Just being like, it's okay. I'm not going to gain x amount of weight just because i don't work out for a week or two yeah all your worst before. ideas are not going to come true like that yeah. that's what's so crazy about it, is like it's total overreaction um yeah we're not going to lose all of the love that is ultimately wow. what people are no. most worried about and and really the world doesn't stop spinning just because you didn't work out for a week or two or because you didn't watch what you eat for a week or two it's just like nobody cares that also what i what i experienced when we were on vacation in in december 21 we were in mexico do you think anybody looked at everyone else judging like oh my god she looks like this and she's wearing a bikini no everybody is so self-conscious about what other people might think about them Mm-hmm. but actually you, you you don't care about other people it's just in your head that other people might look at you and and judge you for what you're wearing or how you look but basically they're just like occupied with themselves they are so occupied with themselves and if they feel uncomfortable it's because you are not helping them perpetuate the narrative that they feel comfortable with the whole thing Um, And I love to just like what you were saying about like, listen to your body and, and may just follow what it's saying, because that's the fastest way to get your anxiety about the cravings and to have the intense cravings go away. The sooner you give in, the sooner you will feel totally neutral about food. And that's like, we want to feel new. That's what's so funny about this. Everyone wants to feel neutral, right? I remember being like, why can't I just stop thinking about food? Why can't I just not care about it? Like those other girls who leave food on their plate at the restaurant because you're restricting yourself from it. It's so wild. And I understand because I was there. I understand it wholeheartedly. Um, But, you know, just eat the pizza and you won't eat the pizza. (laughs) It's like crazy wisdom. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, it also takes away so much mental space, you know, but when when you have dinner and you automatically automatically think about okay what do I have to eat the next day in order to make up for it, it takes away so much energy and so much mental space when you think like okay I overate today now tomorrow I'm not allowed to have this for lunch I'm not allowed to have this for breakfast okay what I'm going to eat then and you're like ah, there's so for much like no space no wonder in your head you- when you don't do that anymore. <laughs> no wonder we feel like we don't have space for like a new hobby yeah. <laughs> too busy trying to like micromanage to the gram of food what we're eating and that's what's so amazing is like when you are free from that it's like when you just eat whatever you want your everything changes and it might be over time but your self-perception changes right yes will you be uncomfortable with your body composition because you're not holding on to it with claws um for a while yeah you will but soon that will pass and puffiness and dissatisfaction will go away and estrogen will rise so self-perception will improve and just like 
and then you live your life, right? And, and you have these experiences where you go to dinner with this person and you take this trip and you do that and you start accumulating all of this evidence that it's awesome. And so you, you start, start connecting living. the dots. Yes, you're like, this has been so much more than a period. Ha! Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't only get your period back. I mean, it sounds cliche, but you get your life back or a lot of it when when you stop thinking about when you just like live in a moment and enjoy and everybody else is having like chocolate covered strawberries and you're just like yeah sure why not i mean why not just enjoy the time with your friends it's time is limited now now we get philosophical (laughs) but time is limited and just enjoy the moment and just enjoy the time and nobody gives you back the time and i think we never look back when we're 80 or 70 thinking like oh my god i'm so happy that on this day when all of my friends ordered this deliciously looking pizza and i just ate salad that was a good day yeah Yeah. Ah, no your days that you were living (laughs) you're literally living your life to achieve a body type and that was all you were doing yeah, and but is that nice. the thing you want to be remembered for? No. Or do you? Do well, you here's the thing. Be... We all seem to think, we all seem to think that the the pursuit of that body will lead to the thing that will be remembered for, right? We're yeah. stuck in this, like, if I can just look this way, if I can just lose this amount of weight, then I will, I will just like rise into this other level, transcend into this other level of like, eliteness where suddenly I will be I don't know invited to like red carpet parties and I will be asked to write a book and I will be asked like people will be interviewing me about why are you so awesome like where did you it's like, totally delusional right we're not planning like there's no there's no long game plan there you're just like we're just hoping that on the on the other side of this and this is partially social media's fault right and like the advertising and marketing they've literally created advertising that says if you wear this brand if you look this way if you live this life you can have luxury like that's it's it's a, it's sold to us in that way and i i truly believe that's where it comes from yeah but it's also something that helped me um on one day i unfollowed every person or every account that i thought was not helpful for me during that point um huge now huge. i was looking at for body positivity body neutrality accounts or something that i was just like interested in just not only following like sports or cooking accounts but also like i don't know gardening accounts or interior yeah. design imagine yeah we're we're so heavily influenced you know and, and let's use influence to our let's empower it by finding ways for us to be influenced by other stuff right let's like take this thing that we feel is bad which is how influenced we can be and like change our social media feed and see what happens when we're influenced by totally other stuff um i think that's so cool like i had come across a instagram showed me a girl who like renovates and decorates dollhouses and i was like i want to do that so then i (laughs) went and bought a dollhouse and like renovated yeah, it and decorated it. it and I'm still working on it and still working on it but like yeah like that was the thing that I came across on there that was more fun for me to do yeah so, so I that, love it. Was also Petra, this has been amazing yeah just Sorry, declutter declutter not only mm. closet um with or just throw out things that you don't feel comfortable in but also do it on, on your phone on the social media um and and also be open with with friends um you know sometimes they are not totally aware of the comments that they make about maybe other people um just tell them be open hey i'm going i'm having a rough time now you don't have to go into specifics if you don't want to but just say hey i'm ch- changing something i'm trying something new please don't comment on my body or comment on anybody else's body I think some really need to have like this direct um yeah you know a direct um thing to say to them so hey just don't do it 
because if you say mm. it like subtle, they might not get it. Um, and just make, oh, make yeah, people, to be people aware of, hey, it's not okay to comment on other people's body or just, hey, I'm sensitive about this topic now. Please, can we just uh, talk about something else? 100%. Huge, like, huge, small things, huge tips. Guys, nothing changes. If nothing changes, change your environment, trust your body. Like, so much good stuff here. Petra, thank you. Congratulations thank you. on getting pregnant. Um, you're amazing. You're an inspiration. I know that so many people are going to uh, really appreciate your story and the, especially just like the parts about like self comparison of food eating and hiding the food. Like, these are all things that so many women are doing. So, thank you for sharing about them. Um, we appreciate you immensely. Thank you. I appreciate all the work you are doing, the way you help me. And if I had to get one message out to everybody listening here, it would be just like, I know it sounds cliche again, but I felt that too, but you're worth of recovery, no matter your size, no matter the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a hug and some love. You deserve it. Yeah, it is okay for you to recover as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much. And I hope all of you guys have a great day and we'll see you guys next week. Hey there, it's me, Danny, And I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor, and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm, and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? 
if you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.